0: Hello, I'm Carrie Ann. Welcome to another service with Pastor Ray Dieter at Grace Baptist Church. Please check out our website, gbcevansville.org. There, you'll find videos of our youth and children's services, daily devotions, and other ministries our church has to offer. We invite you to join us on Sunday mornings for an in-person service where we'll practice social distancing and follow safety guidelines. Now, let's hear what Pastor Ray has to say. We had all talked about what we wanted, we didn't need much, and they had a 1099 deal. Pizza, crazy bread, and a liter of pop, I think. So she told the lady, I want the 1099 family deal. She got to the window, and the girl was new, and she was trying to figure out how to rig it up on the cash register. So she called over the manager and she said, I don't know how to ring this up. He said, that's because we don't have that anymore. <laughs> now, my, my daughter's much better than me. She ordered something else. I just said, well, it's on your sign. Uh, have you noticed that lately? Everywhere you go, things are different. Uh, we went into a Mexican restaurant in our uh, Clay City and they have right on the front of the menu, everything is a dollar more. Last time we was there, everything is $2 more than it says in the menu. I talked to the little fellow, Jose, that runs a restaurant, he said, I, I can't print me- me- uh, menus as fast as the prices are changing. Did you go by the gas station this morning? I bet the price at the gas station this morning was not what the price was at the gas station yesterday morning. Everything changes. I don't like that. I don't deal well with change, do you? Uh, I like things that are sure and stable and never changing. We have been talking on Sunday morning about the appearances of Jesus after his resurrection, before his ascension. And this morning we have come to the last of those that is found in the 28th chapter of Matthew. Uh, I, I, the best sermon ever preached on this passage of Scripture was pre- preached by Dr. Adrian Rogers many years ago. And there will be shadows of his, his message in, in what I'm saying this morning uh, Dr. Rogers said in Jesus' last words on earth, he emphasized three basic truths. And so this morning we're going to talk about three things that have not, in 2,000 years, changed and will not change no matter how many thousand years it is until the Lord returns. And so in the midst of a world where everything around us is changing, uh, uh, lots of things, not just the prices of things, it is good to know this morning that there is something that we as the as people of God, as the church, as the born again, as the redeemed can get a hold of that does not change. Uh, it says, then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some still doubted. I put the still in there myself. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Amen. First thing I want us to look at is there in verse 18. Look what Jesus said. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Unlimited power. That's basically what he's saying. I have unlimited power. There's nothing that is greater than my power and my authority. It may be challenged, but there is nothing that can compare to it. it is absolute power. The Greek word, there's a little word, just three letters, s. And it, it, it means all. Not part, not some, not occasionally. You know, I went in a store One day, uh, uh, kind of an antique store. And the guy had a big sign up that said, uh, today's special, 25% off, everything. So I'm looking around, and I I collect Coke stuff, and I found a Coke sign that I really liked. So I dug it out, and I drug it up to the front, and I said, I want to buy that Coke sign. He rang it up, and he rang it up the price on the ticker. And I said, wait, 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 hold, hold on. The sign says everything... 25% off. He said, well, yeah, everything except that. (laughs) I didn't buy the sign. That's just the way I am. I wouldn't have bought the pizza. I didn't buy the sign. Here's the deal. With Jesus, when he says all authority is given to him, it it means it is complete, it is unrestrained, it is unrestricted, it is unconditional. He is only limited by the way he would limit himself. Calvary is an example of that. He could have called 10,000 agents and been taken down from Calvary and not died for your sins and mine, but he did not use that authority to leave that place because his focus was on the accomplishment of your salvation and mine. And so when he says to them, all power is given to me, it is absolute. There is nothing that can stand against him. Uh, It's not only absolute, it's a universal power. Notice what he says uh, in heaven and on earth. Now I, if you take those two things together, heaven and earth, that covers everything, my friend. And he said, everything, absolute everything is under my authority. The natural things of this world, while he were here, while he was here and still now are under his authority. Remember the great sea and the storm and he came to the disciples walking on the water unafraid. Remember the night he was asleep in the boat and the storm was tossing the boat to and fro, right and left, up and down, and these experienced fishermen were afraid they were going to drown and they went and woke him and said, don't you care, we're going to die. And he gets up and he just says, basically, this is a paraphrase according to Pastor Ray, stop it. And the wind and the sea were calm. And the comment was, Even the wind and the waves obey him. If he wanted to, he could tell the sun not to come up in the morning. He could tell the earth not to spin. Of course, gravity would come and we'd all go flying and we wouldn't be on earth anymore. We'd be in the heavens. But he has that power over all things. And and not only the natural things, the supernatural things, the unseen world. It is hard sometimes for us to grip the fact because we live in a seen world, but we also live in a dual world, an unseen world, and there are forces and princes and palities of evil within the world that serve not the Lord, but the devil, and they are at constant battle with the one true God and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but never think that it's going to be a fair fight where they've got a fair chance because they don't, they don't deserve a fair chance. They are fallen angels. Uh, and, and so uh, this, the comment was even the spirits are subject to his will. On Calvary, it says he could have called 10,000 angels. All he had to do is say, I can't, I don't, this is it. Come and get me. And they would have been right there. They would have baited him, and they would have come. Time and time again, we see in the scripture, he meets people who are possessed by demons, and what does he do? He casts them out. The demons recognize him, and they cannot stand against him. They don't even argue with him. If he says, Come out, they come out. If he says, Go into those hogs, which he does in one case, they go into the hogs. They are in rebellion against him, but they cannot stand against his absolute, complete, final authority, Uh, even the devil himself. Uh, in John 12:31, some Greeks come to see Jesus. And he confuses them because he's talking about, now is the time of my surrender and my sacrifice. And he's talking to them about dying on Calvary's cross. But at, at the end of that, he says that, now is the judgment of this world, now the ruler of this world will be cast out. He said, when I go to Calvary, it's going to be final and complete victory over Satan and his forces. The thing that he holds over people's heads is death, and death will be no more. There'll be eternal life in me. Uh, If you go to Daniel, oh, I love the book of Daniel. Uh, I wish I had time just to preach through Daniel again. Uh, In the seventh chapter, Daniel has these visions, uh, marvelous visions. And here, here he says, I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. To him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom. So this is Jesus Christ appearing before God the Father. And God the Father is giving him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom is one which shall not be destroyed. Philippians, remember what it says in Philippians 2? It says, there'll come a day when every knee shall bow on heaven, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and give glory to Jesus Christ as Lord and King. His absolute power. And the interesting thing is he has assigned a portion of that power to we who are the church. The born again believers in Jesus Christ. Those who have admitted their sin, believed Christ died for their sins and confessed him as Lord. And when you do that, he gives us a portion of that power. Uh, If you go to Acts 8 uh, or Acts 1, I'm sorry. Acts 1-8 in Luke's account of Jesus' He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and at the end of the earth. He says, I'm going to give you power. In another passage, he tells the disciples to go back to Jerusalem and wait till the Holy Spirit comes and he will give you power. And the word there is dynamis. It's where we get our word dynamite. It is uh, just marvelous power. And he gives that power into the life of those who believe and trust in him. Satan can beat us up, but he can no longer destroy us. He can't lead us anywhere that we're not willing to go. We're going to talk a little bit about that next Sunday. But he has that complete and absolute authority. Uh, Sometimes we forget that. But he is all-powerful. Second truth is his unchanging game plan. Look at 19 and a part of 20. There, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Um, Jeff Weiber's a big Notre Dame fan. My condolences, Jeff. That it, It's not been a okay. uh, There was a time, though, when Lou Holtz was a coach. And I never will forget something I heard Lou Holtz say... So I wrote it down. The coach has a plan. He knows what needs to be done. He communicates the plans to his players. Success rides on how well they execute, execute the game plan. Now, this is an old story, but I, a long time ago, I weighed 120 pounds. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln was president, and, and the war was over. Uh, but in high school, I ran cross country. And I was privileged to run on a team That was very successful, not not necessarily because of me. But my freshman year, there were six men that would run in the big varsity meets, and I wore number six. I was the six guy, you know. They score five, so I was just kind of. And we were in Southport, Indiana, at the biggest at that time, the biggest meet in the state of Indiana. I think they had like 30 teams there, like 180 runners. Man, those guys spread out over everywhere. So we're there, and we're getting ready, and the coach comes over, and he says, Come here, Dieter. And I, I come over, and he said, nah. and he called over Alexander. Alexander wore number one. He was a number one dog. Uh, he went his senior year and never lost a dual meet where he just had two teams running. He said, You guys trade jerseys. I said, "And Hey, we, we did what the coach said. So I put on one. He put on six. Now, they lined you up two and two and two. And... Coach says, Dieter, I want you to start up front, and Lynn, you go to the back. He said, now here's what I want you to do. And he looked to me, and he said, can you lead the first mile of this race? I said, I don't know. He said, I want you, if you're not leading, I want you to be in the top three or four when they come around at a mile, no matter how fast. He said, you set the fastest pace. He said, pretend it's spring, and you run the mile, in track, you're just running a mile today. When you get to the halfway point, if you want to quit, I don't care. That's what I want you to do." I said, okay, I didn't understand it, I was just a kid. I said, okay. Man, they started to race and I took off like a rabbit. And I just, went, I just went booming out of there. And as I'm flying along, I look, and here's a guy from Ben Davis, and here's a guy from Broad Ripple, and here's a guy from Washington. Here's a guy. I've got seven or eight, nine guys up all wearing number one, and they're just flying along with me. And, man, we, we set a course record for the first mile. As we went across the finish line, the coach said, or across the halfway line, the coach said to me, that's a pretty good workout. You can take it easy now. And I slowed down. Uh, Out of 160 runners, I finished 120th. (laughs) But our other five guys were all in the top 10. And our little old school won a trophy that was that high, and we beat some of the biggest schools in the state. The coach had a game plan, and the guys did what he said. Here's Jesus' game plan for the church He says, Make disciples. Make disciples. Folks, that's evangelism. The scripture says, he who wins souls is wise. And the wisest thing a Christian can do is win their family and their friends to the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. He, he, he's very specific. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. He didn't say, just go to the Americans. He didn't say go just to the Jewish people. He didn't say go to the ones that look like us, smell like us, walk like us, and talk like us. He said go to everybody. All nations. Southern Baptist Convention through our international board is working on that. We have a record of unreached people groups in the world that have not received the gospel, and every year we take some of those off the list because Southern Baptists have gone there and told them about the gospel, even those who cannot hear through death signing about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is His game plan that all the world have an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that everyone, every boy and girl, every man and woman, be experienced the gospel of Jesus Christ, all nations. Then he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, a symbolic act. Uh, it symbolizes our submission to God. Listen, for a lot of people, it is hard to get up in front of a group like this and that baptistry and submit to being laid under the water and being brought up. For that moment, you're giving complete control to the first and given, doing the baptism, and it's not easy for some people, but it is a significant sign of our submission to Jesus Christ as Lord. It is a recognition of His saving grace and His amazing power, His all authority over all things. Uh, it, It means I'm willing to live for Jesus Christ. That brings a change. Listen, uh, that change comes about as he is active in our life. The more we study him, the more we pray to him, the more we worship together, the, the, the more our life begins to come in as a reflection of his teachings and identifies us with God's people. Grace Baptist Church Unless you request otherwise, which you can, when you're baptized here, you become a, mark, a part of Grace Baptist Church. That week you'll receive a letter, welcome you to the, the family of faith. You'll also receive tithe envelopes. <laughs> if you're in the family, you, you support the family. And, and, and then he says, teaching all that I have commanded. That's the equipping uh, developing maturity. There's nothing sadder to me than meeting someone who's been a Christian for years and they're still standing in the same spot where they got saved. They haven't moved any farther. I would tell you, I would hope that you're a better Christian now than you were there. That you understand the gospel in Jesus Christ better now than you did there. That you represent Him in a lost and dying world now that you did not do there. And... and, uh, It it is essential that we do that because we live in a hostile, lost-and-dying world. And the only way you're going to make it out there is by strengthening yourself in the Spirit in here and in your daily time with Him and in your daily walk. And it, 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 it is His command that we stay with that game plan that we're here for one purpose, and that is to win Jesus, people to Jesus Christ. Now, do the methods change? Absolutely. Absolutely. Some churches have food pantries, some don't. Some have clothing banks, some don't. But we do, and we always do devotions. And the gospel is always presented. I uh, had a fellow one time in a little place where I was giving the gospel, and he said, I've heard that before. I said, that's good. And I said, I hope you keep hearing it until you do something about it. It's not hearing it, it's doing something about it. Uh, later he was saved and I was thankful for that. Uh, uh, Nick is working on a podcast. We, <laughs> we were on vacation and uh, our youngest son took over driving after a couple hours and he asked me, he says, is it your rule still apply about the radio? And I said, yeah, it still does. Whoever's driving controls the radio. I've listened to some music I didn't like but whoever's driving controls the radio. So he flips on the radio and first thing, we listen to the Duck Dynasty Guys daily podcast. And that was pretty good. And then we listen to something called Bear Grease. Bear Grease is a podcast by a guy who's a bear hunter in the Appalachian Mountains. He's also a college professor. And it's interesting, he was talking about Daniel Boone, and I took an objection with him because he kept interviewing a guy named Roy Clark, and he kept making a big deal out of the fact that Roy was 72 years old. I guess he thinks that's old. Uh, And and so we listened to that. Uh, On the way back, my grandson, who's four, was sitting in the back seat, and he was getting a little bit restless, and his dad told him to calm down, and... uh, He said, hey, listen, Dad, I've had enough bear grease. (laughs) So he changed back to the dynasty guy. So I hope that when we get the podcast up and going, if you're out and driving, uh, my son's church has that. Some Sundays he's forced to work, and he always listens to the podcast as he's driving home. Uh, here's, Here's a motto that I heard some time ago, the French Foreign Legion. If I falter, push me on. If I fall, pick me up. If I retreat, shoot me. Listen, that ought to be our attitude. I am following Jesus no matter what. Sometimes it's a big deal. Sometimes it's a little deal. I was at Snooks this week. uh, I switched from Diet Cola to ginger ale because it does better on my stomach. And I'm coming through the line and they had ginger ale on sale, 99 cents a liter. And I pull up there and I'm loading them. I load the first one up and the girl says, you don't have to load all those up here. She said, don't, don't, don't load them all up. She said, I'll just scan one. Tell me how many you got. And I told her, I've got four. Beep, 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 beep. Next item. She checks the rest of the things out that I've paid. We're, we're ready to go. And I looked down in the cart and I realized I had one more than I had told her. Okay, so I picked that one out, and I stepped back, I handed it to her. I said, I told you wrong on the leaders. I had one more than I told you. And she said, well, thank you. You could have just left, and nobody would have known the difference. Aha. I said, as quietly and gently as I could, I would have known the difference and I, I believe in Jesus Christ, and he wouldn't like it if I stole the leader of pop. Sometimes it's just little opportunities that open up a little window. I don't know if that made any impression on her or not. I paid my dollar three and went out. But you see, in every aspect of life, we need to be aware of the fact that there might be an opportunity to say, do, or not do, because people are always watching. unfailing promise to the second half of verse 20 I am with you always even to the end of the earth I was at a church Christmas party about 20 miles from our home and the phone rang and the deacon whose home we were meeting in said, it's for you. And I went and picked it up. And on the other end, it was a panicky young woman's voice. She said, I finally tracked you down. Said, I've been trying to get a hold of you. Said, you need to come to our house. And I said, what's going on? Her husband and her and their five children had been attending our church. She said, he has locked himself in the bedroom with a gun. I said, I'm on my way. It'll take about 20 minutes. Call the city police. We, in our little town, we had two officers and I knew them both personally. And I said, ask them not to do anything till I get there. And I broke every speed limit there was. And I got there. Went into this apartment, it was above a store. Door was, bedroom was locked and she was beyond herself. I, I, I drove that. 15, 16 mile, and I beat the policeman. He wasn't there yet. Uh, and I told her, I said, I'm gonna to try to talk to him. When the officer comes, you tell him not to do anything if he would. And I knew this guy, we coached together. Uh, he, I, I knew he wouldn't do anything. And, and I went and knocked on that door. And I called him by name. And I said, will you promise me something? What? Promise me, as long as I'm in that room, you won't shoot yourself. Okay. You understand, as long as I'm in there, you won't shoot yourself. He said, yes. And I heard that latch. Click. And I went in. The room was dark. I have in my life at different times experienced the presence of evil. You could feel the demonic forces in that room. And for an hour, he and I wrestled with them together. We prayed, we talked, I quoted what scripture I could remember that might apply. And finally, after about an hour, he went like this. And he handed me that 38-snub-nosed revolver. I put it in my pocket and I hugged him. I said, let's go out. I said, now you need to understand, the police are here and they're gonna take you somewhere for a few days. That's okay. We went out and the police officer was there and they took him to Terre Haute on suicide watch for a few days. But I never will forget, the officer asked him, how come you was willing to talk to Pastor Ray and how, how come you gave him the gun? He said two things. He said, number one, when he came to that door, he did not say, as long as I'm in the room, do you promise not to shoot yourself? he, He did not say that except with love. He was thinking about me. If he wasn't thinking about me, he would have said, as long as I'm in there, will you promise not to shoot me? But he said, as long as I'm there, you promise not to shoot yourself? And he said, for the moment he walked through that door, I could see but look in his eyes, he wasn't leaving. He was staying. He said, and then too, he told me, no matter what I think, no matter what's wrong, Jesus loves me above all else. He and his wife are later saved. They moved to another state, still serving the Lord as far as I can tell. Here is the undying promise that he gives us, and it is the power of his presence. I'm not a smart guy. I've never been trained, well I have now, but I hadn't been trained in talking to people who were suicidal at that time. The words that I said were the words of the Holy Spirit put in my mouth, and they worked. He has promised his children but he is always with them. Whether we're with Paul and Silas in the jail cell, whether we're at grace at worship, he never leaves us. There's nowhere we can go where he isn't. That room was full of evil. I could feel the evil in that room, but I also felt his presence in that place of darkness and despair. There's nowhere you can go where he is not if you're a follower of Jesus because he is in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. The greatest promise he has given us that he will not leave you or forsake you. I'm with you always even to the end of the earth. I wouldn't like to be with me, and there's a lot of you, no offense, but there sometimes I wouldn't want to be with you either, and I'm not looking at anybody particular, right? But he is always with his children. He remembers our frame that we are dust, and despite our shortcomings and our failings, he loves us, and he accepts us. He takes us just the way we are, and then he begins to do the work in our life that changes us into what we can, through him, become. It's a promise from a God who cannot lie. Titus 2 1 was the actor Steve McQueen's life verse. It's a beautiful verse. In the hope of eternal life which God who cannot lie promised before time began. Though I'm with you, even unto the end of the age. In all things. In a changing world, where there's a lot more than just prices changing. Where things that used to be looked down on are now glorified. Where what used to be hidden in the closet is now brought out in TV shows and glorified. In the midst of all that, Jesus still and always will have unlimited power over all things. He has a game plan, and he asks us to follow that game plan to bring about people's salvation through, not us, but through him. And he has promised us that he will never leave us nor forsake us. He is with us even to the end of the age. Our Heavenly Father, in a world where everything around us changes, we're thankful for these unchangeable truths of your word. There are many unchangeable things in your, your word, and your word itself does not change. But these three we've looked at this morning were the last things Jesus said to his disciples before he ascended. And so as we wait on his return and his coming back to earth, we pray that we would recognize his authority and his power over all things, every aspect of our lives, that we would understand that he has a plan and that the plan is for all men to hear the gospel that they might have the ability to choose him as Lord and Savior. And Lord, that he has promised the glory, the power of his everlasting presence. When the going gets tough, he doesn't leave. When we are unfaithful, he doesn't leave. When we belong to him, he is with us now and to the end of the age and into eternity. We thank you for these unchanging promises from our Lord in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to say- Thanks again for joining us for another service with Grace Baptist Church. Connect with us using the social media links on our website, gbcevansville.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week.